At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am so thrilled to introduce you to Sarah Thompson, who is president of Dentsu Media, overseeing Carrot, Dentsu X, and I Prospect in Canada. She has worn all the hats in media, from PR to media. In 2020, she was named Media Leader of the Year by the CMDC. She has been a member of the CMDC Board of Directors, Thought Leadership Council, Thought Leaders Council for the CMA, and mentor for AMA and other associations. So many acronyms. She is a vocal advocate for local media and news in Canada as part of the local news committee for the CMDC. Sarah, first of all, acronyms. Let's break them down. CMDC, what is that one? What's that acronym? Canadian Media Directors Council represents about 97, 98% of all the media investment in Canada amongst all of our colleagues, great colleagues in the media industry. Amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing amount of money that we invest. CMA. What does the CMA stand for? Those that don't know. Canadian Marketing Association. Amazing. And then AMA. They're the American, right? American marketing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think they'll be friends? Do you think CMA and AMA would ever be friends one day and like just like, hey, let's just call? I think they have done some things in collaboration, but I think we have so many associations in Canada. I, I would hope that we all get along right? together to drive what is a great profession that we have forward. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, before we get into your origin story, which I'm so excited to talk about, I want to talk about what did you just do this last week? Because I just saw you post about it all over mm. online. Tell me what you, what you hosted and, and why, more importantly. So it's been a long time coming. I'm a massive advocate for supporting Canadian-owned and operated media, especially local news and community news in Canada. I have been for going on eight years, I've been talking about this issue of, of getting back to parity and making sure we're investing in Canadian media. But what we did on Wednesday was we invited media in that are Canadian owned and operated. We did experience sessions with them. This was in our Vancouver, our Montreal and our Toronto office. We did two panels. We had a lot of content activities getting re like reintroduced to, you know, the Toronto Star, the National Post, La Presse, Bell, Chorus, Village Media, which is a great up and coming local media organization in Canada. Just opening the doors for us to re engage and reconnect with some of these amazing media organizations in Canada. And it really energized our staff. It got a lot of attention publicly because I now challenge every leader of any agency or any hold co to do the same. And we're already planning our second. We're going to do one in the fall as well. So if you're a local Canadian media organization, reach out. We'll happily host you and have you speak and tell our people all about what you're doing to serve our community and news in Canada. Amazing. So Sarah, every amazing superhero has a great origin story, how they came to be. Tell us about how you ended up in the, the, the shoes you're in now and the role you've got. Well, I don't know if I want to go all the way back to birth, but I grew up in a small town called Dorchester, Ontario, homegrown, went to the University of Western Ontario, went to Fanshawe for PR, 
back when PR wasn't even the thing you went to school with. I think it was the first year of Fanshawe everyone had that program. All of it stems from the fact that I wanted to be a journalist. My eldest brother is a journalist. He actually wrote for the National Post. So I decided to go in PR. I also felt like I would make more money than a journalist, which seems to continue to hold true, which is unfortunate. And I haven't always had an admiration for journalism, media, but also ethnography and sociology and how people tick and why things are the way that they are and why we dive into things in culture and habits. And that's really been the thread that's held my career together. And it's much more for me about acquiring skills and learning new things and trying to understand this thing that we call the, the human mindset as best as we possibly can. And that has been, you know, the most exciting and invigorating thing because I have never, I never aspired to have the job that I have right now. The only thing I ever aspired to do was to acquire more skills and more knowledge in my career overall. And that has really, you know, invigorated me to really think about where I am now as a, as a leader in an organization of how do I get the best out of every single planner in our organization as we are stewards of our clients' dollars. We are high net worth investment advisors. That's what this profession is. And how do we start thinking about human beings in media consumption and start challenging old tropes you know, classic blocking charts, media mixes, habits that we've fallen into, which I've taken, you know, by the reins, but also created a leadership team at Dentsu that is really inspired by this mission as well, of doing good, of doing the right thing with our clients' dollars. To That's not only about their business, but also about society at large. That, Like, if you think about it, the trajectory where I started as being wanting to be a journalist to supporting journalism in Canada is actually very much a straight line. I just, I have the clout and the, the soapbox, if you will, to be able to be an advocate for this in a really meaningful way. Amazing. Sarah, I, I have so many questions, starting with BuzzFeed. Let's just talk about BuzzFeed, what happened recently. BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. and, and what does that mean for the media landscape in Canada and what your, what your thoughts are on that? BuzzFeed has shuttered their news division. They couldn't make a go of it, which is really interesting when you have a bill in front of the Canadian House of Commons right now, which is asking Google and Facebook to pay their fair share for content that they don't produce, but they make money off of. So it's all of these things are kind of coming to a head right now of how does journalism, A, get distributed? Who makes money off of it? And are the dollars actually going back to newsrooms that support so many different things. Understanding climate change in your community, seeing your kid's soccer team in a local print newspaper, to holding politicians and public officials to account. Newsrooms actually need the revenue and especially local community news. So it all kind of comes to a head when you see a large organization like BuzzFeed fail in their news division because they can't make enough money to keep it going because they don't make the money off the distribution. And time and again, we know that people only read headlines. So the only benefit to headlines being in platforms um, is to Google and Facebook. And it's not necessarily to say that they aren't valuable partners and that they're really important media. We can see time and consumption. We can see how much energy Canadians put into to those platforms. They're always top five. I need my search engine. It's how I find things. 
but it is more so that we need to get back to fairness and parity again. We've kind of, we've over pivoted too far in one direction. It's not necessarily right for our industry. It's definitely not right for our clients and their media investment. And it's not right for democracy and everything else that's going on in our country. So BuzzFeed is kind of an ind- indicator of what is potentially to come if we're not careful. So I need to note, you you mentioned blocking charts and media buying and investing. So those that don't know that in the world of PR, there's earned media and you can go to school for that. A lot of, there's a great textbook for that. Dr. Kylie McCollum wrote this great textbook. It's lots of PR schools. Is there teachers and training for blocking charts and media buying and media investing? Is that such a thing in Canada? You know, it used to be. Okay. And we talk a lot about this in general in our own industry. I think If you look at the last decade or the last 15 years of our industry, one of the things that media agencies stopped doing is owning the training and development of our own people. In schools, you can kind of understand media investment and a little bit of blocking chart, but the media psychology around planning is really the lost art. There's only so much reliance that you can have in planning in particular on whatever tool that you're using or panel survey like Vividata or others to create a blocking chart or comps point, whatever, you can rely on those to a certain point, but there's still some intuitive things that you need to understand around media psychology and also investment approach. And that's the part that we're really focused on right now as an organization of upskilling and challenge the rest of our industry to upskill as well, because we went overly pivoted into digital certifications, you know, platforms and partners were proof that we had a highly trained workforce. And in reality, now we are over-specialized and we don't have a good enough handle on audience and opportunity and mix. We're at that point where we now need to start thinking about media psychology. And one of the things that I always like like to talk about is that a lot of clients brief us on things like awareness, brand awareness, classic. And most planners would answer the question of the response to building awareness is reach and frequency. Yes, that's part of it, but there's also, it's actually reach and consistency and it's built over time. And we've have clients that have become very campaign centric without having a thread of steel still attached to their brand, right? Like If you think about the greatest brands in the world, there's a tonality, there's a thread, there's an approach to brand, and this is where creative still really holds true. And then there's a consistency of how you connect with the audience that needs to show up. And that consistency also needs to be held true in media. If we think about how many ads we see in a day, the fragmentation of media, there's we've lost kind of the the fact that you need to hold on to something for longer for a person's attention to actually digest it and then drive whatever awareness or brand metric that you're trying to do. And I think that part of the media psychology of understanding how our brains work, how we absorb information, how many times I need to see something, how does it need to creatively break through? We need to go back to the floor in our industry and in marketing in general to start appreciating that again, because the fragmentation Therefore, it wouldn't be as overwhelming as it is if we go back to the fundamentals of how human beings' brains process brand messages. Man, some great insight there. Scenario for you. I'm going to throw it to would you. Would Please. you consider someone who is PR trained, traditional, and they're like, man, I'm going to school. I'm going to learn how to pitch journalists and pitch my ideas. 
And then they realize there's like four journalists left in Canada or, you know, this is, it's a dystopian, sad future, which hopefully changes, right? Let's hope for hopefully, more journalists. Yeah. And, and what they learned in school, or would you take someone who learned how to like do a Google ad buy campaign, a Facebook ad, like a buying campaign on just strictly digital ads? Where, who do you think kind of fits better into what you do kind of from a media buying blocking chart perspective? You know what? I would go back to the person who just has a desire to understand culture and media and human beings. Like, I, I don't I don't know if you need to be in any of those things. You can't look at Google Analytics and appreciate what you're looking at if you don't have an appreciation of human behavior and how we transverse media these days. And as somebody who works in PR, if you don't understand the power and the impact of story and storytelling on people, then you also will be challenged in marketing. So to me, it's neither one of those. It's just that if you have a, a desire to want to understand how people maneuver through media and how we actually pick up and what resonates with us, and also when does it become wasteful? And I don't think a lot of us, especially you know the average consumer, are really aware of how they're consuming advertising, but we should be aware ourselves of how we consume advertising. And to start challenging the things where we're like, well, this doesn't make sense. Like we do know that advertising next to local media has a higher dwell time, more impact, more brand equity and a better cost value of lead because you spend more time reading that article than thumb scrolling through Facebook where you might, something might catch your eye, but a lot of things don't. Yeah. And you can see that in the algorithms of how they get formed. For some reason right now, I'm in some sort of YouTube chat of people who are throwing giant magnets in, in canals in Europe to gather really interesting things. And I'm like, clicked on a video once and now that's all I'm getting. And now I'm in this tube of information that I'm trying to break free of the algorithm so I can find some other things because I watched it one video once. Yeah. I, and I don't think the average person is cognizant we are becoming cognizant, but as cognizant as they should be of that. And we as an industry need to be cognizant that that is actually what is happening. I love you're just dropping these like amazing gems here, one after another. Okay, I'm going to throw a scenario at you. So love these folks and all due respect. It's another acronym. CPRS, the Canadian Public Relations Society, brought me into their national conference last year to speak to PR people about um, being that I'm Indigenous was like, here's some Indigenous Canadian Indigenous media outlets that are owned by Indigenous people, featuring Indigenous people, that you could consider buying this next year. Like, here's some alternatives to your typical buys. Um, it, it, it presented it, shared this information, but most of the feedback I got was, and it was it was a lot of government organizations, higher ed groups, be like, oh, maybe we'll consider this for next year. Maybe we'll look at this next year because they're like, we've already decided where our media spend's going. Maybe we'll consider. And then there's that scenario. And then another, I'm going to throw this at you because I love that. I'm so excited about your thoughts. Another someone said, well, it seems like a lot more work. They're like, I can just go here and do my buys at these three places and feel like I'm covered. This seems like, man, it's like, that's 30 different people I need, you know, groups I need to go to, 30 different like arrangements and POs I need to create to get a similar reach and audience. I don't think that if you're an organization that's talking about ESG, that you can't focus on the ethical media supply chain. And ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. Governance, governance. That's right. It's it's the it's the word we don't want to talk about. I don't think that we tie enough of what we do to that. Okay. Um, and the ethical supply chain. So when you are talking about like people delaying on investing in indigenous community publications 
or the complexity of buying across, you know, communities and newspapers and digital yeah. digital outlets in rural communities yeah. in Canada. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. But so is eating healthy. Yes. But it's still the right thing to do. Okay. And this is where we need to start challenging. Have we just decided that the best investment approach is the investment approach with the least amount of friction? Yeah. And optimizing pennies where we can't even calculate the waste to it or the scope three emissions that are created from it, which now all clients are starting to talk about. Or is it about doing the right thing for communities and society in general and the right thing for brands, even though it requires a little bit more work? And I and I would beg to you, it actually isn't that much more work. Um, if everybody just takes a breath and a pause of this race for speed and chasing scale in words like incrementality always, and start thinking again about the bigger picture of what is the opportunity at Canada. And my and my my thing about that is that I challenge everybody that the Canada that we now live in is not the Canada of two years ago, five years ago, of a decade ago. Half a million people coming to our country every year for the next five years will change our country and every assumption that we have for the right. And the Indigenous community, which is typically underrepresented in newsrooms across Canada, have endeavored to create their own publications so that they are represented in news stories that are about them, deserve our attention. And the issue that usually ends up happening, why that happens, is because we're not looking at absence of information in the data sets that we're looking at. We assume that data, a panel survey, or something else that is feeding our planning tools is inclusive. It is not. You can see time and time again, despite the fact that we try to oversample, it is not representative of Canada in totality. It is representative of a middle-aged white man who is responding to those surveys. So what are you missing from the data sets that isn't allowing you to see all of Canada or consider it? And to me, there is a locality in Canada, and we're actually building a solution in this space called Mercury Local, which will help us model out data gaps to Canadian communities so that we can start to see FSA opportunity because we've been chasing as an industry a digital ID. Whether it's right or wrong, we've been chasing you as a unique identifier in digital. But in actual fact, you live in a community and that community has a unique identity and that community has a lot of different media that we haven't been engaging with. And we're trying to fix the data gaps that we have in our data sets so that we can see Canada much more in totality and communities um, than ever before. So my, this is a long-winded way of answering your question, which was a bit of, again, me on a soapbox, but... We need to challenge what's missing. And there's a lot missing from your media plan. And there's a lot, you can't say DE&I as like your employee value proposition or as your sustainability agenda, and then not look at your media supply chain and go, we're also supporting, you know, people in those communities. You can have a reconciliation action plan, but then are you actually supporting indigenous media and publications? They're intertwined. I uh, I don't love this, Zoe, but I love this also. On International Women's Day last year, there was a, a Twitter account that everyone who posts about International Women's Day they responded like troll like 
by actually exposing the, how all the executives were paid in that organization and how much the women were paid in that organization. And it was sad. It was sad. Yeah, there's a big problem with care washing in our industry because we've taken purpose-based branding and we use it as an opportunity, not necessarily something that we mean with sincerity as brands. And I think we're being found out as me as part of the LGBTQ plus community and the lesbian. I see the pride washing every year and it like, that's nice. Some of your surveys that you hand out are still binary. Yeah. The way you approach the world, it still feels very binary. Yeah. The, the tokenism that you put once a year for LGBTQ plus representation, you don't show up for the rest. And the other part is that you're not, you need to show up for your employee base in their whole life, not just their work life, but their whole life. I probably will never run into a problem in my work environment at Dentsu, but I do recognize because I'm part of the Pride BRG for Dentsu because it's really important for me to be part of those internal organizations that there's a safety outside of the workforce for members of that community. And it holds true for international, for indigenous, for BIPOC. There's a stress and anxiety that doesn't go away in your workday because it's something happening outside of your work environment. And there's, there's a bit of an accountability to that. But the women in parity issue, even though we've made a lot of progress in human rights, I think it was only just this week where the rollback on women's rights around the world has never been as bad as it is in this last year. And what are we, what are organizations doing and how are we supporting women? Because this is, this is something that is a stress and anxiety that can happen in any country. And we can say it wouldn't happen in Canada, but it absolutely can, which takes me always back to local media that if we don't have stories told about this and we're not having a very strong fourth estate in our country in investigative journalism, it's very probable that you can end up in a, in a worse place really quickly. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's an old saying, it's where you put your treasure, where you put your money. It's where your heart is also. And, and this idea yep. of, you know, call it rent a rainbow or rent a feather, right? In, for us in the month of June, right? June's a big month, right? And, and September as well now. But it's wild, like trying to talk to, maybe some advice for me personally, and maybe anyone else listening, trying to convince a large corp to say, hey, instead of announcing how much you love Indigenous people on Google and Facebook, and, you know, X publication, what if you did it on Indigenous-owned publications? And I've not got anyone to wrap their minds around that concept. And what would be your advice for, for someone who's trying to pitch this or convince someone? Because I imagine there's other people who are listening now being like, man, I'd love to pitch that. I'm a, I do media buying for XYZ company, and I'd love to get them to consider putting their money where their mouth is and where, you know, put some heart into it. So what's your advice to us? We have a study that's coming out okay. in a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, you do. And not this isn't a this is not a plug, but there's I think it's an important thing to talk about. Attention is probably the most important thing when it comes to advertising. And when you look at 
the study that we just did of Canadians, which will be released and we'll do press and anybody can have it. And we put a link it. in the show. Is that okay? We'll put a link in this episode. Yeah, as soon as it's released, I'll give you a link to the, to the show. And we'll put it in the show notes. It's in design. Yeah, perfect. But the, the, the general, the general idea of what we wanted to study was there's a filter on attention and that filter is personal to you as a human being. It's personal to your circumstances. But what we wanted to find was where is their common ground considering the economic issues, the social rights issues that are going on in the world? Where are the common, common issues? So negative attention, people feel ostracized. People feel a sense of otherness. People are challenged by you know, social rights and freedoms and what is under threat. You can say, again, not in Canada, but then you look south to the United States and we do get a lot of media consumed there. And so the stress and anxiety is very real for a lot of people. It's very true of Indigenous and LGBTQ plus as well, um, a feeling, a sense of otherness. So that's where negative attention is. That's the filter that you have of the daily stress, inflation, recession, all of those things. They do hold true. It's creating a lot of anger in our country. And you can see it in a lot of different pockets from populism to you know divisiveness in the way that we look at politics. Not as, again, bad as the United States, but always could progress in that direction. The opposite side of attention, positive side, are two core things. One is personal interest, which drives consumption, which is what, as a marketing organization, we've been levering since the beginning of time, right? You know, dwelling into your cravings, things this is relevant right now in the digital age. This is the thing that we think is relevant to you. This is where we talk about first party data, right time, right message, right everything. Makes sense. Right. That's what that's what we as an industry have been supportive. That does get that does get attention. If it feels relevant to me, I will pay attention to it. If it's not, I will punt it. On the second part of attention that we often overlook is compassion. And compassion is an interesting thing because it actually creates pro-social behavior. And it's not care washing as we just talked about. It's actually sincerity and doing the right thing and actually being a proponent of helping address some of the angry issues that we have going on in our country and showing a better way and something more hopeful. Compassion is really interesting too, because it's not like empathy. Empathy is fatiguing. Empathy is me feel your pain and I'm exhausted at the end of the day. Compassion is I see hope and has the same dopamine effect in our brains as eating a bite of chocolate. So it, it actually can change behaviors. And there's a role brands can play in that space to actually garner attention and start making a difference for pro-social behaviors in our country. And if you pull on both, if it's a personal interest and it's relevant to me as a member of the Indigenous community, and it drives something that's compassionate with everybody else, we start to address the sense of otherness and we start to see each other in it. So to me, there is there is more that we can do and that we're thinking about the psychology wrong because we're chasing the rapid impression, some sort of relevance, but we're not really defining what relevance is because it has to be relevant to everybody, but it's relevant to no one. Instead of looking at, well, what as a brand in marketing can I do to transform society and what's my role in that? Amazing. So when you're, when you're hiring now and growing your company, where are you hiring from? Are you finding people and then training them in how to do buying and blocking charts? Like they've got the core soft skills or are you finding people who have learned some of the blocking chart skills, maybe at some school or someplace out there? 
It, it really depends. Right. I mean, we are we are we are always looking for new minds and new capabilities. I was just on a discussion this morning around recruiting, like open to anybody from anywhere with any neurodiversity, mm -hmm. different ways of thinking approach. Yeah. We can teach a lot of the things that we need to, but it's very hard to teach somebody to be inquisitive, yeah. to teach somebody to want to explore things that are outside the norm. And the media industry is is can be very insular, right? You get briefed yeah. and it has to be five cities. It's Toronto, yeah. Vancouver, yeah. Calgary, Montreal. Yeah. Sometimes Ottawa is thrown into the mix of that. And there's your plan. And Canada is much bigger than that, especially as our tier two cities in our country have grown. I think of London, Ontario, Windsor, Canmore, yeah. a lot of places in like Saskatoon is getting yeah. huge. And those are business opportunities. Those are marketing opportunities. And again, if you're absent of data in those places, you're not considering them, but we do know that they're starting to grow. Mm -hmm. I like to pay attention to census and immigration numbers. So we're just looking for people with a mindset that go, there's a better way, there's a different way, there's a smarter way, but I actually care a lot about people and understanding what makes them tick, no matter where they live in our country. Yeah. That's amazing. Is there a chart anywhere that says who owns what media outlets in Canada? Like, like who owns what? And 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 because a lot of them are merging. There's a lot of them, but I would say if you ever want to see a piece of research on sort of the issue of the decline of local media and who owns yeah. what, take a look at the local news work that April Lindgren does through Ryerson University. They actually study this issue of opens and closes and who's growing back with indie publications, etc. She, she keeps a running tally on these numbers. I, I rely on it greatly okay. to keep up with yeah. it. Um, it's it's a hard one because you can also see like where newsrooms are in decline because yeah. we also, it's not just about closures. It's about where there's like one person in the newsroom yeah. in a city. Yeah. That's scary too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. For you, what gives you hope for the future? What gives you hope for seeing more reporter, reporters hired and hope for newsrooms and hope for local media? My hope sits with the next generation of leaders that are coming into our industry, and my hope sits with our clients. Hey. I sat in Montreal two weeks ago, and two young women were talking about supporting local journalism um, and that they realized the reverence and how much power they wield. And I was like, wow, like the self-awareness is amazing. Yeah. I think there's more clients that want to do the right thing. They're looking for thought leadership from their agency partners to tell them what is the right thing and start challenging some of the norms. Mm. They wanted to do transformation. They're not quite there yet. How do we continue to help them do that, but do it in a sustainable way for communities and society and connect it to their ESG initiatives? This is all not to say that I'm not a capitalist, by the yeah. way. I absolutely am. But you can hold both to be true. Yeah. It can be good for business and it can be good for society. And we need to continue to toe that line of how do we make sure that everybody is on point? So to me, the hope is with our clients who start talking about this issue. And I'll keep talking about this issue. I just produced an article that's going in the message again because I write a monthly column for CMDC yeah. on this talked about planners we've talked about sporting local yeah. news is good for brands now i have marketers talking about this issue and i wrote to a lot of brand leaders yeah. and i got only two responses mm. some people said yes i'll get back to you and answer some questions about the mm. importance of it but only two and i think 
we need to start talking about this more next week at the CMDC conference in Toronto. I'm doing a panel with TVO, APTN and the village. We're going to talk about this issue. So again, bringing brands and media that are not typically represented um, to talk about this. I, I, it's not going to go away. And I, it's funny. You could say like, aren't you tired of this talk track? I'm not going to be tired of this talk track until 50% of the dollars that we spend in media stay in Canada. Come on. That's amazing. B Corps, they, they, I check you, they want to, you, you fill out a survey, you can get your B Corp status. One of the questions they ask is like, what supply chains do you use? Like, do you, do you use, you know, support local that, but they always talk about like, like toilet paper and office supply, like more like, but they don't actually talk about media buying. Cause that would be a great question to ask. Like we, cause there's some great brands that are joining like Danone's just become B Corp. We got Patagonia, we got, you know, Tentry, but like, where do they buy their media? would be a good one to, to add to the B Corp review. Well, and also how many, how much scope three emissions that they're creating through that? Are we optimizing our media plan? We're spending a lot of time right now cal- calibrating our carbon calculator for our clients. Cause you can say that you've launched a carbon calculator and you're taking media plans and you're calculating the carbon footprint and it was spit out an answer. doesn't mean it's the right answer. Yeah. It takes a lot of calibration to understand the difference of, you know, CO2 emissions from one platform to another, from digital out of home to static out of home. These all are different numbers. So if you want it accurately done, you have to spend a lot of time in the calibration. And we're doing that right now. And we have a leader in an organization who's spearheading that for North America. Amazing work. Like, let's get to the right answer, not just the easiest answer. Amazing. Where you live, what what do you like to read? Where where do you get your news or what are are some publications that you want to give a shout out to? Or even ones that maybe you just think are awesome and doing some great stuff. I know you've mentioned some, a few already. Well, I mean, I love, I love our Canadian owned and operated media. So shout out to the National Post, the Toronto Star and the Globe and Mail always and forever. Thank you for doing all the investigative journalism and holding our politicians to account. But thank you very much to the people who run the Dorchester signpost in my hometown. Thank you to people who are keeping publications alive across Canada and IndieGriff, who is creating new models for media. And of course, Village Media, who started in the Sioux and has now expanded across Ontario and has created a local news collective. I like to read as much as I possibly can in a lot of different areas. Um, I also love consuming podcasts on my walk. Um, So keeping up with the daily and CBC business and anything else that I can listen to. Um, it's hard. It's hard to keep up with the news cycle um, because it feels like it's also iterating on iteration <laughs> a lot of times. I like to sit in the evenings and catch up with news in the evenings because then I feel like the story is fully formed rather than visiting it as it's developing. I don't know if the rest of the world is news fatigued, but this real-time news engine is really hard to get accuracy in news too because it feels like it's evolving. But I love all of that. I also subscribe to the medium because I love to read people's own points of view. Like those are great, great sources of information, especially when you want to get like into the nitty gritty of like analytics and user experience and other topics. But yeah, I love, I love like keeping up with the news as much as I possibly can with our own Canadian owned for sure. Awesome. Are you ready for the rapid fire round? Sure, let's go. Amazing. I got Amazing. it. Amazing. What was your first ever job? My first ever job was washing windows for elderly people in our community when I lived in Dorchester, Ontario. I went around with a mop and bucket. And for those people who couldn't wash their windows, hey, that was my job. Amazing. Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Cat or dog person? Cat. First thing that you ever marketed? 
I, I would have to say, like, this is a hard yeah. one because my brain is not yeah. working, but it would have to be something in the technology yeah. space. I did a lot of B2B tech yeah. marketing in my early career. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day when BlackBerry yeah. was just being yeah. launched. That's how dated That's it is. That's awesome. Remember BBM? How great that was? Like private message with just other BlackBerry folks? I was just talking to somebody the yeah. other day about my love of BlackBerry. Yes. I find BlackBerry. And that... I like I've worked on that brand too, and I've spent a lot of time and spent a lot of time in Waterloo for a couple yeah. of years. But I miss that yeah, device. The, the calculator so much. you can I one miss... hand do things with the buttons. Now I, I can't do my iPhone. Still, I struggle. I'm a get shit done kind of person, and that was a get shit yes. done device. Yes. And I miss yeah. that with all the other bells yeah. and whistles and distractions that you get on an iPhone. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm in some apps. I'm like, how did I get yeah. here? I, I miss my BlackBerry. Break. BlackBerry, all they had was, remember Brick Breaker? The little thing that, yeah, that was the, your only entertainment was Brick Breaker. Yeah, that was it. But BBM, man, I missed that. Yeah, totally. Dark or milk chocolate? Dark, for sure. More antioxidants. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Um, your favorite word right now? I mean, I'm just going to say one, yeah. which is navel gazing. Yeah. I keep saying yeah. navel gazing yeah. a lot in the last couple yeah. of weeks because I'm like, we need to look out yeah. in the world and stop staring at ourselves all the time. Like there's a world out yeah. there of people. And I reflect upon this because I went to the hockey game last night. Go Leafs. Yeah. Nice. Um, hopefully can yeah. finally pull yeah. one out. Come on. But I was looking at the audience and I'm like, this is so, this is such a weird thing. Like we're throwing baseball hats on the yeah. ice and I'm like, What's happening right now? And it's the the word my word right now is navel gazing. Don't don't spend your time navel gazing. Look out at the world and look at what people are doing. Awesome. It's a great one. What's the last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? Youth Mental Health Canada. I sit on the board of directors right now. They were an organization that I helped the CMDC Young Lions yeah. last yeah. year. It was the brief. I actually wrote those yeah. briefs. I'm a big proponent on youth mental health, but in a different way than what some other organizations are going at it. I think there's a lot of training and development that caregivers actually need, yeah. teachers, parents, anybody around youth on how they manage through these issues. Because if we think it's just about access, it's not. It's about how you have to be a champion for your own child's mental health or somebody that you care about and how to manage through it. I, I think we often try to find things where it's about expertise, but the expertise can be with you if you're just given the mm. toolkits. That's why I like serving on their board and being an active participant in that organization because it feels very grassroots. It feels like there's accountability beyond healthcare institutions. Amazing. It's a movie that you just love. You could watch over and over again. I could always watch The Devil Wears yep. Prada over and over yep. again. That's a given. I also like my rom-coms of like Notting Hill yep. and those kinds of movies. If I was going to lean into like my love of actors, anything with Kate Blanchett, yep. I could probably watch over and over again. I think I saw Carol probably too many yep. times. That probably speaks more to the fact that there's not a lot of lesbians in movies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that would be where I would go. Nice. Uh, favorite song or album on repeat right now in your life? This is a hard one, yeah. but I would say Miley Cyrus yes. and her duet with Brandi Carlisle okay. is a big one, Thousand nice. Miles. She talked about that in her documentary yeah. about how that song came to be from one of Darkness to yeah. Hope. I'm a big Brandi Carlisle fan before she won all the Grammys. Mm -hmm. I, I have seen her 34 times in concert. Oh, wow. Amazing. I have a big, yeah, yeah. Brandi Carlisle is my jam, but Brandi with Miley Cyrus, yeah. magical combination. Amazing. So in another multiverse, if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing with your life? 
teaching. Okay, nice. What, that would be what would you teach? Hands down, I'd be a like teacher. high school, elementary, university. I feel like I would be a really good university yeah. prof. I, like I, I feel like I would be that one that would be like inspire somebody yeah. to do something greater than themselves. Yeah. I could probably pull off the high school. My dad was a high school oh, cool. teacher, so. I really respect what he yeah. did because when my dad passed, mm. so many of his students came up and said, I, w- I wouldn't have had a job without your wow. dad. So I, I always appreciate, you know, the roles of teachers in our lives. Amazing. App on your phone you can't live without. Apple News. Oh, here we go. Favorite children's book. Right now, because I have a four-year-old yeah. daughter, yeah. there's a book called Thank You, Amu, which is done by an illustrator named Ogmora. Yeah. This book is about an elderly woman who makes a stew for herself. Mm a thick red stew with a nice fragrant broth. I know this book line intimately. (laughs) And everybody in the community comes by and has some until she has nothing left. Mm. And then a door knocks and everybody shows up with food and a thank you. And so the meal that she was looking forward to, she was generous enough to share and then everybody shared back with her. And then it finishes with, it was the best meal of her life. Beautiful story. So (laughs) to me, like anything that Ogmora does she does a few. There's another one where she it's called Saturday and it's about a single yeah. mom who's only one day to spend with her daughters on a Saturday and they always have a plan and the plan goes completely mm-hmm. awry. And the daughter at the end is, is like Saturdays are special because I spend them with you. That's it. Yeah. I know. Every time it leaves me misty when I read those books to my daughter. Man. Um, best thing you ever bought for under $10. Oh, gosh. Like a pint of ice yeah. cream. Any Come pint on. of ice cream under 10 yes. bucks is a good thing to buy. <laughs> That's great. What's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? That going a heteronormative way was the only way to actually travel society. Okay. Like it, you can say coming out as any number of things, but it's actually, it's in your mindset. So being yourself, mm. I guess, would be the place that I've changed my mind about because I'm not a conformist yeah. anymore. I could give a rat's ass. Come on. Awesome. Business or marketing book you'd recommend? Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman podcast that you recommend you know what i love listening to pop culture happy hour yeah. i always yeah. have nice. it is my wrap up of yeah. pop culture yeah. i know it's not a business no. podcast no, but, it, but it does tell you what's going yeah. on no it's genius that's a great one very good is there any newsletters or websites that you recommend for resources inspiration i have so many i love the hustle yeah. i love the peak yeah. good canadian i love brett yeah. chang shout out to yeah. brett I love all that crew. I love any like roll up of news and then with the particular spin that they do, like insides.com and all of those, I I subscribe to all of them. And it's funny, you get a little bit of a different perspective from each one of them. No, that's awesome. That's great. Any life hacks you'd be willing to share? Get your sleep. Come on. That's good. Particular amount of hours or just generally get get a good chunk? Eight. Eight Eight has to be eight. Like eight. Do it. Amazing. Skills that you look for in, in new hires. I know we touched on it, but skills required for this kind of new economy and kind of the seasons we're going into. A desire to see other. Yeah. A desire to see something outside yourself is a huge asset. Uh, and Sarah, where can people find you? Where can they follow you online and kind of read about, you know, stuff you're thinking, stuff you're doing? And, and... I canceled my Twitter account. Yes. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Yes, LinkedIn, yes. And I've made my Instagram private because it's mostly yeah. my uh, daughter yeah. and I hanging out eating ice cream. So you can find me on LinkedIn, anybody who wants to reach out to me anytime. Amazing. And articles, websites, where, where can they find you online professionally? What's... You can find me. I write a column for The Message. There was an article that appeared in the Toronto Star that went national. You can find me speaking at events every once in a while. Amazing. I usually need a massive nap yes. after speaking at them. 
I will speak in anything that anybody asks me to show up to pretty much. Amazing. So those that are looking to book Sarah Thompson, make sure you have a nap room at your venue. And ice cream. cream. This has been amazing. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, dear. Everyone, this has been Sarah Thompson from Dentsu. Thank you for tuning in, listening on this week's episode of Marketing News Canada. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.